Welcome back to Get in the Cashflow Game with K&K, where we talk about investing in real estate, cash flow, building wealth, and all the lessons we learned along the way. And if you can, do me a huge favor. Please like and subscribe this podcast. Share it with your friends and family. That way we can continue to bring you value every week and get bigger and better guests on the show. We've been working on this for the past few months. You know we always want to bring as much value as we possibly can, and our partner, Prime Corporate Services is all about bringing you a service you can't get anywhere else at a price you can't get anywhere else. Whether you're new to owning a business or owning a property or you're an experienced property owner or investor, Prime Corporate Services is not only going to help you, but they're going to make the process so much easier. So if you book a call, the first thing they're going to do for you is help you understand what your business structure should look like. Your corporate structure, tax planning, estate planning, all of that. Maybe you're saying, I'm brand new to starting a business and all this sounds foreign and complicated. Remember, this company helps new people just getting started every day. They're going to help you form the entity that's best for you and walk you through the process. Before I found this company, we paid thousands of dollars to other attorneys, CPAs, and consultants to try to understand exactly how we need to be structured to be as protected as possible. We've also gone the other route and used online platforms to form entities which unnecessarily put us at risk. You guys, you don't have to do that with this company. They'll do all of these things for you at a reasonable price so you never have to think about saving money at the expense of exposing yourself to liability. We've searched high and low and you will not find this much value anywhere else. All you have to do is schedule a free call today. Just go to primecorporateservices.info slash G-I-T-C-G. Once again, that's primecorporateservices.info slash G-I-T-C-G. We'll also leave the info for you in the show notes. Welcome back to another episode of Get in the Cashflow Game with K&K. Today, we had Franco Perez on the show. And Franco has a super inspiring story. He comes from humble beginnings, um, grew up with a single mom who struggled to make ends meet. And now he basically helps people to get into mobile homes. So basically he wants home ownership to become affordable for people. Um, And so he helps people get into mobile homes. It says that he was inspired to reimagine mobile homes and expand affordable housing opportunities across the Bay Area. So he strives to make the pathway to home ownership for uh, families to establish financial security where it might otherwise seem impossible. So um, honestly, his story and what he and his team do uh, is super inspiring. he is, I, it was crazy to see if you go to his Instagram, it's crazy to see what people are able to do with some of these mobile homes. Um, he showed us some of the parks that he's been uh, helping families move into and purchase their mobile homes to live in. And these communities are gorgeous. So it's kind of interesting because I actually grew up in a mobile home when I was younger. So when I was eight, I actually moved to Oklahoma on, an, on 80 acres, like a ranch, but basically I lived in a single wide trailer with my mom and my stepdad. Um, and then eventually we graduated to a double wide trailer. And my friends used to tease me when I was younger um, and call me rich trailer trash. So I know all about growing up in a mobile home and not being able to afford uh, anything else. Um, and there is kind of a stigma attached to it. So it's pretty cool that Franco and his team are really trying to change the stigma around owning a mobile home because it is actually a good step in the right direction. Um, How you can buy a mobile home if you can't afford a regular home, especially if you're living in in California and a lot of different cities. So he's done mobile homes in Malibu, um, San Diego, the Bay Area. And this just really makes it affordable for families to own and actually start building equity 
in their home. So it, this is a really great stepping stone for a lot of people that they didn't realize was possible. So without further ado, let's get into the show. I am so excited for you guys to hear this one. Uh, he's really got a special niche and he is just a really solid human being. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you are, please do me a huge favor and take a few minutes to write a review about our podcast. This really helps us to get better and better guests. It helps us to understand what you love about our show, what more you wanna see on our show. Please, please leave a review. That, that is the lifeblood of our business and that is how we can keep going and growing and doing better. Thank you guys so much, and let's get back to the show. Franco, thanks for coming in today. Uh, can you just give us a little background on your story and how it is that you got to selling mobile homes? Yeah, absolutely. I guess um, my personal story, I mean, I grew up in the Philippines, moved to California with a single mom and a younger wow. sister. And I bring that up because for me, came from a very poor family. It was very tough every month. I remember growing up, my mom struggling to pay rent at the end of every month and wow. not having enough money to kind of uh, afford it and all the stresses around that. Um, right when I was 18, had to drop out of college and start working full time. Did that for a while and got into real estate from doing like flyers and stuff for agents before. Oh, okay. um, so I was like, hey, I, I talked to my boss. I'm like, I need more money for marketing. They were like, we can't pay more for marketing, but I can teach you how to sell. So got into door knocking, got into calling. And I, it was that fear of survival that really got me to want to learn how to communicate better, how to sell better, and the desperation of chasing that paycheck. But getting through that became a good agent for a while. And then once I got kind of stabilized with money as an agent, I realized like, man, you know, I, I don't really love this whole real estate agent thing. I feel like it's trending me to become, um, or I feel like a lot of real estate and agents tend to want to help the richest people they, they know uh, get the most expensive real estate they can. And to me, I just want to go back to finding something that would really help people that were in my shoes get ahead, just get out of that rat race of paying that rent and, and better educate more people around how real estate can really help them uh, make that next step ahead, right? So, sorry to go off on a No, I love thing that. Oh, yeah. so, that's that's yeah. your story. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, like, um, it's funny because we, we know other people that came here or similar, you know, grew up or that was no money. And I think they got into real estate and they're just kind of like, I need to figure this out for me, but I got to take care of my mom and my sister because their ability to make money is just not there. Like, yeah. they just don't understand it. And they, some people I know made thousands of cold calls or knock doors. So they got their first deal and made money. And, um, I think having that though, too, like what you said is, you know, we always say like, we're just entitled Americans here. You know, I mean, it's, a lot of people are like, you look, like, you like people that are here. I go, I understand the opportunity here. If you travel the world, you realize we have it lucky here and there's just, there is opportunity other places there really isn't. Mm -hmm. And I think like you having that mindset coming here and doing that, it's like, that's what it's, it's, it's easy for you to do that for like people that are here. It's so I hard because they just, they don't get it. Yeah. You know? It's all a, a appreciation and perspective. It's like, you know, you have people that 
grow up here, they don't really see what it could life could have been. And then I make it a point to go to the Philippines every once in a while to see, like, you find people that are so grateful for what they have, but and then you go to their homes, they literally live in a shed, but why are they so happy and that sort of thing? And you go here, you have people with a roof over their head, all the government support that they can all that con- uh, like all the opportunity and they don't take advantage of it or, or realize that it should be something appreciated right the gratitude's so, the world word, right? oh, absolutely like, yeah so and and we'll find it and like we were talking about who we meet before but i feel like everyone that's made it to that next level has been through some sort of struggle or found some sort of energy through passion of something they want to change right so but it all it all stems from where we came from and how we grew up too well, you know, it's an interesting yeah. thing that I heard from someone else. Uh, I don't know if this is true for like the Philippines, for example, but for example, people, we have a lot of people that come from Mexico and they say, you know, the crazy thing is, is that in Mexico, you don't have debt. Like if you can't pay cash for something, you don't go get a loan for it. So everything mm-hmm. that you have is what you can pay all cash for. So then you move to the U.S. and they're like, oh, you need a credit card. Oh, you got to buy a car. You got to get an auto loan. Oh, you, exactly. you need to buy a house. You got to get a mortgage. And so then all of a sudden you start racking up all these debts like cell phone bills and utilities and houses and cars and credit cards and all this stuff. And so apparently we're like a nation that's like built on debt mm-hmm. and it's a very I, I think that it's actually, a gratification, you know, right? but I think that kind of plays into the unhappiness of people because not everybody handles that stress very well of feeling like I'm in debt. How am I going to mm-hmm. pay my mortgage? How am I going to pay my rent? How am I going to even afford to buy a house, how to get a car that's like reliable, all these things. I don't know. Is that culturally, is that typical in the Philippines as well? Like people don't operate off debt as much? Yeah, I'd say so. It's not as available as it is here. Mm-hmm. Um, but to add to you, what you were saying about the stress element, I feel like there's an element here where it's like, uh, people are a little more materialistic. It's like, I always have to be, I have to have a car like my neighbors. I have to have the right clothes to be able to fit in. So they say stay, and, staying yeah. up with the Joneses or exactly. keeping up with the Joneses. Exactly yeah. that. And, and I just met a friend in Israel. Like there's a lot of very wealthy people there, yeah. but you know, they don't have that element to it. Like they're driving old cars and that sort of thing. But, and then you find out their portfolio, they own a ton of mobile home parks or that sort of thing, but you know, very, very mo- uh, modest people. Um, but yeah, it's definitely the values, like you said. Yeah, I feel like real estate, because we, we work with a lot of real estate investors here. I mean, from very wealthy to, you know, it's all the way down. It's funny because people come in here in shorts and shirts. Some of them are working and they're like, that guy's worth that much money. You're like, exactly. he doesn't care about the other stuff, guys. And they just don't understand because they're uh-huh. like, well, if I had that money, they're just counting all the things they would buy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that guy is just like counting that he has freedom. Mm-hmm. He can go on a trip and do this, right? And it's like, we're always chasing freedom, not um, all this other unnecessary. It's really, because it really is unnecessary. It's not going to really make you happy, you know? Yeah, totally. So when you came here, um, how has your life changed though, since you've come here, like with your family? Just curious about that, like, um, because you came here a single mom with her and then just like struggling. Just like how, how like when you make the transition, how do you, I always like to know, like for you, is it like you didn't finish college? Like when was the mental for you when you realized like, man, I'm gonna have to like really figure this out. Like, yeah, yeah, so that, thanks for asking that. So actually I, I did move with uh, my mom and dad here for a few years and we were, my, my dad was the sole income. Then they, uh, during the 08 crash, uh, uh, that's when my dad, when they divorced, my dad left, my mom had to figure out how to work. And then there was a few months where I was like, 
ending high school. And honestly, like I kind of had that perspective too, like just wanting to, I, I, I think everyone feels like they're working their best at being who they can be. But it was the point that when uh, my sister wasn't going to be able to uh, go to school the next year because we didn't have a valid address. Uh, and that was where like, shoot, you know, for me, like, I feel like I don't have as much energy to make myself survive, but to know that my sister was reliant on me, that was really a fear that I had. And I was like, uh, I don't ever want to put my younger sister in a place where she's not going to be able to go to school or, or have a home. And that fear itself is like, you know, it, I feel like that built my drive to want to work early mornings, late nights, and just get something done. Right. Cause I think when you go through that pain you and, and, and not knowing if you're going to make it, it's, it's, it's something to be fearful of. Um, but some people don't go through that and, and, um, end up, I don't know how to describe it, but just going through life, just seeing what opportunities come without much of a drive. Right. Yeah. I think like, uh, like and I'm thankful for that moment. Oh, you know, for it, sure. It may, it may, it may, yeah. it made you. Yeah. Cause I feel like if my dad still supported me, then I would have just gone to school, just done a regular job too. So crazy? I, yeah, it's insane. But during that time, you know, very hard, uh, you know, I had, I was going through kind of a depression phase, that sort of sure. thing. But, but now looking back at that time, if I know for a fact, if that didn't happen, I wouldn't be who I am today. Yeah. I, I um, my parents got divorced and, uh, I remember like calling my dad one time. I was like, Hey, thanks. He's like, what am I like? like if you didn't um, do what you did and get divorced, I'm like, I wouldn't have been the person I am in many ways, like mm -hmm. personally this. And then um, that was like the first time the rug got ripped out. Cause my mom was like, first time we're like, okay, he's out of here. And now you're on your own. You're like, Whoa, this is crazy. Yeah. And then the second time was in the 08 crash when I had met Crystal where I had a partner, the rug got ripped out, but I was like, okay, here we go again. And I knew I'm like, okay, either go this way or this way. Right. But without that, yeah, you're kind of like, we have a lot of people, their parents have money and they're kind of like, well, I don't really have to do the money thing and work for that. And the motivate, it's hard to get motivated. Like mm -hmm. it would be hard, you know yeah. I mean? And my dad was a corporate guy. And there's no struggle. It's, it's hard to have the motivation. Yeah. 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 It's, you kind of have to have the struggle. Exactly. No, totally. And if my parents stayed together like yours, I would have probably not saying done it different, but I think it would just been so much different, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I always tell people like, it's, you're never learning when you're winning. You're only, you're, you're learning when you're losing or the rug gets pulled out or you're in a I bad, right? It's like, yeah. that's always remember. Like when we're, when things are good, like 2020, 2021, 22, I was like, okay, I was telling everybody here, I'm like, this is going to end. It's all great, but we're not learning anything right now. It's too easy. Everybody's making money. I'm like, and I might go to, I'm like, I don't like these times. Why? I'm like, cause people are just going to just get creamed and, but here we are, we're struggling, but I'm like, the growth is really happening mm -hmm. again for me, I feel like, because it's like we're struggling now to step up and who's going to out hustle or work or whatever, right? Yeah, exactly. You got to get creative. You can't, the things, your phone's just not ringing off the hook mm -hmm. anymore. Like you, the low hanging fruit's gone. Yeah, you got to yeah, get on the ladder exactly. and get to the top of the exactly. tree. Exactly. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I feel like you go through a maturity of that. And some people never get past that sometimes, honestly. Mm -hmm. so, for sure. And they let this control their life, these ups and downs. You exactly. See it. Yeah. And so, and on top of it, like you said, there is a depression and dealing with all that. That's the tough part. Because mm -hmm. you got to, mm -hmm. you know, you I either. I think a lot of people get overtaken by their emotions. And yeah. They just can't operate outside of that. Yeah. And I think that's like the biggest thing I think that we all learn is that you're, if you're living in a, a stressful environment, like where your mom can't pay the bills or your sister might not get to go to school or, you know, whatever your dad cheated on your mom or left, whatever the things are, it's like, 
we have to learn to survive. Like you yeah. just don't, have, you're like, either I go down, I sink with the ship or, uh -huh. you know, I don't. So you're like sink or swim. And, and then you learn to operate in these stressful environments, which is, you know, not ideal. It's not what any of us want, but mm -hmm. you learn to operate in a different way that maybe somebody who didn't have that experience. Yeah. Like I've seen friends that had really great upbringings and everything was like just easy. And they're so like, sheltered in a way compared to what we've seen and lived. And so then when you see them have a difficulty in life, like as an adult, mm -hmm. it completely rocks their world because you're yeah. like, Oh, that's the first time you've ever had anything like that. Yeah. And I had this for, you know, since I was a kid, Yeah, yeah. you know, so then you learn like, okay, I adapt a lot faster just because I've simply been through it oh, totally. a lot sooner. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's something that's, uh, yeah, you'll, we'll see it. I mean, because we know so many people, You'll, you'll find like wealthy families have un or like unmotivated kids. And then, and then which create, someone said it in a great way. I forgot it, how to, I'm not going to be able to paraphrase it. <laughs> I know where you're going. But, yeah. It's just, yeah. it's, it's crazy, but I think, you know, we're sitting here talking about it because I think it's such a struggle for people yeah. and here, you know, take it like California. It's sad. I mean, you can drive around and people that had a thriving family and one of the kids just maybe got some was depressed. Cause like Chris said, you can get depressed. Cause like everything's so easy. Mm -hmm. I can get everything I want. And that could be yeah. like, how are you depressed? You're like, cause they're not challenged. Yeah. I mean, if we're not challenged as a person ourselves, like I would be depressed mm -hmm. just sitting around. It's like, it just eats you. And then they turn to alcohol, drugs or something bad. And then it's like, now they got to deal with that layer. So yeah, I mean, Which, a lot of people in your position could be like, yeah, it's easier just to do this. And then not in the end, but in the interim it is, you know, absolutely. And, and that's why kind of, we, we, I chose to kind of focus in this realm is because it, there's so many hardworking people, blue collar workers, that sort of thing. And, you know, teachers that live in very important areas like this, that really, you know, if what's happening in, in the whole teacher industry is mm -hmm. if they don't already own a home or if they don't have family that priced out that, yeah, they're getting priced out. They're having to move out of the area and then what, you know, or they're commuting from very far. That's expensive yeah. gas, time, energy. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, they're not really given the right opportunities or the right education of how they can, you know, hedge that or how they can be better financially stable and that sort of thing. So, like, yeah, after I was doing my real estate stuff, I decided to try affordable housing with the government, that sort of thing, and then came across, because what I realized is, in San Jose or the Silicon Valley, it's either like 3,500 a month for rent or you buy something at $1.7 million, like a median price, right? And Which there's crazy, nothing, right? nothing in between. Median, yeah. So how do you expect somebody like a, like a regular family that's chasing to pay that rent to save up for a down payment of 200,000 or above for a single family home? Or even save up for anything, right? Yeah, it's like by the exactly. time they pay this, like Chris had the car and this and that, it's like they got nothing, yeah. Totally. So, and then really look down to what affordable housing stuff is. It's really just like rental support and all these things. And it doesn't really help families that much. And then I came across mobile homes by accident and realized that it's the perfect stepping stone for that in between for people, uh, for people to be able to attain the, a lot of the ownership benefits, the tax benefits, uh, the appreciation and having a loan like we were talking about um, to be able to own something right before being able to own real estate. And and that little edge helps so many people get out of that rat race of renting. And and it's just been, I love it because the people we're helping are genuine families that really just need a home, that really just want to get a step ahead. 
I'm curious too. It's like, uh, you know, interestingly, I, I grew up in a trailer, um, a mobile home mm -hmm. as a kid. So when I was uh, young, I moved into, we had a single wide trailer and then we graduated to a double wide trailer. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm familiar with all of that, but it's interesting to me because I feel like um, in some of these larger cities, some of these mobile home parks are almost a dying breed, right? Because like mm -hmm. you said, the multi-million dollar developers can come in, scrape that, put some monstrosity of, you know, apartment buildings or luxury condos or whatever yeah. up. So how, um, I'm sure you know much more about this and mm -hmm. how to get people into mobile homes. Like I even see mobile home parks here closing. Like there's a couple mm -hmm. cool ones kind of by the beach. And then there's some other ones that are inland, like Vista, Escondido yeah. and things like that. So where do you find these? And like, how can you strategically help people to like find one of these places that's, yeah. that's convenient for them? Yeah. So there's a few elements to that. There's a a lot of there's surprisingly so many bad myths around mobile homes like oh for fir sure first off is like that they're um a lot of people are trying to close them down because they don't understand really how you know that they're not like for drug dealers or or criminals they understand the value in them right exactly yeah. and they've never actually been you you have no reason to go into a park unless you know someone that lives there or that sort of thing but when you actually go into these communities they're very nice beautiful communities that um you know that you can have your kids play around that sort of thing and it's actually quite surprising and then the other element you were talking about parks closing there's, I'm part of a lot of uh, government stuff around it too, but there's always protections for the residents. So if a park, uh, it's similar to eminent domain. So if a, if a builder wants to redevelop that, they'll have to pay them for what their home value is, plus their moving costs and a percentage above that. So, okay. so let's say you bought a mobile home for 300,000 or whatever. If you're, if for some reason they close, you're going to end up with that plus more. Usually about it's unattractive 30, for yeah. developers, which is good. Correct. Right. It's unattractive, but also I say that because your your investment in there is kind of protected, yeah. right? So it's not like you go to zero That's if they great. close the park. Um, but with that said, surprisingly, there's a lot of mobile home parks that people don't know about in San Diego and the Silicon Valley and that sort of thing, and they're perfect prime locations for people. Uh, there's a lot of um, and, and you mentioned, you know, single wide to double wide and that sort of thing. But the the key thing that with what you said is there's progression, right? So you're you're raising the value of the home, but in a very in a much smaller level. But you're able to. It's much better than renting, right? Three thousand a month on renting for an apartment for five years, you don't get any of that back. And you're but building it, equity. Exactly. But in the mobile home side, you can make that same payment by just being in a different style of home and have equity, have appreciation, and then have tax benefits as well, right? So the, the first is understanding how mobile homes work and breaking that myth of what, it, what we feel like it looks like because the media makes it look so bad mm -hmm. and understanding how financially it helps. And then on the other end is understanding that with a lot of these old trailers or old mobile homes, we can convert them to what we do is we convert a lot of old like 700 square foot homes into beautiful like 15 1600 square foot homes that uh, just look like luxury homes uh from the inside right? i've seen some really cool like modern looking oh that's getting better models. oh yeah. yeah it's getting absolutely. easier to build them and more efficient and cost effective and some of them exactly. don't even look like mobile homes like you wouldn't they, really know. they don't so yeah. are you going in and like buying a park or are you going in and buy, like taking down individually? Like how does, I guess, when yeah. you, how does it work? How does the model work, I guess, from your side? Yeah, every county is a little bit different, but most cases we'll have to partner with the park owners and help them raise the value of their park because it benefits, 
like all three parties. It benefits the residents that live there. It benefits buyers that are moving in. And it also benefits the park owners because it beautifies their park. Uh, and then also it gets rid of a lot of those old looking uh, mobile homes as well. Uh. So uh, park owners will come to us, say, hey, how can we work with you to to upgrade and put newer homes in our park? So we'll we'll create a consulting model for them for when there are vacancies, how do we replace these old ones with new ones? But we'll essentially demolish the whole home or, or pull it out to someone else that would want it. And then we'll reset the foundation and actually build these out in factories. Like close one to here is like Riverside uh, or there's Woodland in, North, uh, in Northern California. But factory built housing is like the next big thing in the, in the construction industry. It's only starting to get, to get a lot of attention, but building these in factories keep the cost very low. Like everything we build, you can control like, the weather. Exactly. And stuff, yeah. exactly. Do you have an idea of like I know you, you know, so if so when somebody's putting a house on the land, they don't own the land; they just own right. The, that owner owns the land. You lease from him. Correct. It's almost like an HOA fee or something. Exactly. Does he maintain the park or some surroundings? Yes. Okay. So the park amenities, that sort of thing. So like, let's say an HOA is like four hundred dollars. Yeah. Uh, like in San Jose, average rent is about a thousand dollars. Yeah. Uh, but. The, you know, you'll have a swimming pool, you'll often have a spa, and they'll maintain the roads and that sort of thing. So um, it's like a, I would consider it as a higher HOA. Um, but with that, because you don't own the land, you keep the cost low, too. You're not compete, You're not buying something that's $1.6 million or that sort of thing. And then your mortgage is typically about twenty two to 2800 depending on how fancy of a home it is. Um, but with that, it's much more manageable for a family versus, like, buying it. Uh, trying to buy a single family home. Yeah. And then um, financing is tough too, right? So I'm sure you're linked up with people that can do financing. It's get, it's gotten better. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we're working on our lending side as well, but there are, um, there are banks that will do 10% down and that sort of thing. On the older homes, it is hard to finance, but with the newer Before ones, 19, we built, 1976, yeah, okay, exactly. Yeah, okay, so cool. you're familiar with yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the older ones are harder to finance, but the new ones that we build are much easier to finance. So it's, is the government it. stepping up to help? Is it like a, you would think like a Fannie or Freddie product would start realizing like, you know, knocking on the door going, come on guys. Like, you know. Exactly. It's part the stigma thing. Cause the truth is, is like, yeah, when I mentioned in, in California, California residential financing, well, there is a stigma yeah. around not owning the land. Yes. Well, yeah. when they go, when you say mobile exactly. home, it's like, eh, it's like literally, exactly. you're like, why? You know well, well I mean? keep in mind with what we're saying, a lot of it is, is really beautiful parks in California. Yeah. Yes. And it makes a lot of sense here, but most of the country, it might actually be as bad as like the media makes it. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so in our area, um, or it's tough to get Fannie Mae to back us. Exactly. If it's only like a metro issue, okay. I guess is what I'm okay. saying. But there are lenders that will loan against it. I mean, that will loan for these homes. And and you're right, there is a stigma against owning, uh, against not owning the land, but people have to, you know, everything is always relative to your current situation and how do you get from your current situation to a better situation, right? If you're comparing, if you're capable of buying a single family home, you should do that, right? But not everyone can. Exactly. Now, if if you're renting and you're trying to buy a single family home and you're realizing you're probably, you know, most people like, like think that 
in three years, I'm just going to financially be way better and going to be able to purchase. But that's a moving target. These $1.5 million homes become 1.7, and it never ends you're up getting lucky. better. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. If you're lucky, yeah. exactly. Other oh, might but, be 2.5. Exactly. You know? so, <laughs> yeah. so, so I, I say that because everyone has their own opinions and, and things against everything, right? But, but you always have to have your metrics related to your current situation. If you're paying rent and you've been paying rents for years, how do you optimize your housing payment or change your housing to a much better cash flow model that will go to where your money will go towards something that you actually own, right? So if you're coming from renting, buying a mobile home is almost always going to be a much better situation, right? But if you're coming from single family, we also have people from single family that want to downsize too. Like a lot of older- um, Cut the cost, smaller, yeah, exactly, more, that sort more of efficient. Yeah. And they have alternative investments and that sort of thing. But, you know, there's always going to be people that will um, that will say something bad about something. But it, I, I think people always forget to, it's always relative to everyone's different situation. I think this is a great stepping stone actually, because I really never thought of it that way, but it's kind of like, you know, we all have to take baby steps, whatever that means for us exactly. in our lives. And so this just gives them like an in-between because a lot of people think they have to go from a renter to a homeowner. Exactly. And the in-between for most of us is, okay, buy a condo, mm -hmm. you know, which isn't always super helpful depending on the HOAs and stuff like that. Um, but my question too is, how does it work? Like, let's say someone lives in a mobile home park and their goal, I think, you know, for some people, their goal is to get to a single family home. So what is appreciation and like how marketable is selling a mobile home? Like those kinds of things that help people to get to that next level. Yeah. Also maybe a cost too. Like what, it, and then it's like, cause I know they're like way different than they were when you lived in one, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I have a bunch of use cases and stuff of families that have gone through this, but basically um, I'd say an average cost uh, of a mobile home would for like a nice average looking mobile home, uh, like a 1995 would be about 300,000. How big is that? Uh, that's about 1400 square feet, three bedroom, two bath uh, style home. Okay. Um, the space rent, let's say is about a thousand dollars. And then your mortgage insurance and uh, taxes would be about $2,300. So that's about 3,300 a month. Now, if you wanted 10% on a single family home, you'd have to come up with like 150 grand. But on this for 10% is only 30,000, right? So that's a big, you know, this example that I'm talking about is actually a teacher, two teachers, that's a couple and they, they purchased that home uh, for 300,000. Three years later, the home appreciated to 380,000 when they sold it. So it goes with the market. Uh, it goes more of like a percentage wise with the market, right? So that home itself appreciated 80,000 in three years. And because it appreciated that fast, they had equity. They were able to cut down on what they were paying on rent and they were able to use that money to purchase a single family home. At the end of it, they, when we did the comparison, I wish I didn't bring, I didn't bring a presentation today, but then, <laughs> but basically when we did the comparison, it was about $95,000 difference from 
if they were to keep renting compared to selling their um, wow. their mobile home to be able to purchase. And now have, they have that money to purchase a single family, right? That's amazing. Yeah. Do you have those case studies like on your website and stuff? I do. Cool. Um, so I'll we'll, send we'll direct it. everybody yeah. there. So that totally. way they can kind of check that out because I just think it's like another option for people that they didn't know yeah. they had, uh-huh. which is pretty cool. Cause like you said, I mean, San Diego's kind of getting to that point too. Like the uh-huh. median home price is so high that yeah. there are certain people, like you said, whether they're, uh, you know, childcare, like the people who take care of our kids, the people who educate our kids, like blue collar workers, like there's all these people that are just getting pushed out farther and farther. Like you said, if they don't know home, that's kind of like, they're never gonna, Exactly. you know, unless they have like some sort of an in-between here, whether it's like purchasing a condo or a mobile home mm-hmm. as like a secondary option. Cause like you said, even if you can get three and a half percent down on some of mm-hmm. the, in some of these places like FHA, yeah, <laughs> the median price is so high that you're Absolutely. still putting so much money down. And then you have to improve the house because if you're getting in at entry level, there's probably a lot of repairs and upgrades that you have to make. So I don't know. I think initially when I hear the number for a mobile home park, it doesn't seem like it seems lower, but not so, so much lower, but then you have to factor in if I'm buying a home and all the plumbing is underground and mm-hmm. like the electrical and it's all older and like yeah, there's landscaping yeah. and things like that need to be done. And you're mm-hmm. like, okay, this mobile home park, this mobile home that you own has like lower utility costs cause you're not taking care of landscaping yeah. and stuff like that. It's new. So you don't have all the repairs and the upgrades that you have to make. So it's really like turnkey for you to just move in and exactly. live your life. Exactly. And, and I love what you said about the baby steps stuff earlier is that some people are making the wrong steps sometimes because we're always chasing. I feel like everyone has that dream of home ownership and, and their house for exactly. And and sometimes they'll overstep and exact exactly to what you said, or what we often have happening is people will live in where, where they work and then they'll move an hour away just to chase that piece of ownership. And they hate how traffic it is and that sort of thing. And unfortunately, like they're like, it's so bad that they have to sell and then they want to come back and then buy a mobile home, that sort of thing. Especially with the pandemic, right? All the people that bought way out there just thought they were never going back into the office again. Exactly. They're like, dang it, this sucks. All the traffic's back, all the stuff, yeah. I know. So it's it's all about, you know, I, I think it's just, what I love about what we're doing is, is like really just showcasing another opportunity and another door for people to realize that they have more options to stay local to where they work too. So are right. you just doing California? Or are you doing other states as well? Currently just California and starting to get into Arizona. Cool. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's just about it now. What's the, I mean, I know probably millennials are your buyers, but like who's a typical buyer? Like who are you seeing? Like who are you working with? You know, what kind of people, younger people, are you seeing more millennials maybe say, you know what, I need to open up to maybe this option. Cause like we talked about, unfortunately in just California, I mean, even on, you know, if you go west of the five, but anywhere, you know, near a five and then even east, it's getting expensive. Yeah. And if yeah. you're out of college, unless you have a great job, it's probably hard unless your parents have a down payment. Yeah. A lot of times people have the income, but they have, I have no money down. And then mm-hmm. it's and even the money they can put down. They're like, my payment's so high. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be house poor. Yeah. So I was just curious what kind of like, what, 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 what are kind of people yeah. are moving in, you know? Well, I'd say about four years ago, it was between like 45 to 65 is our common buyer pool. Huh, okay. But lately, um, more and more recently, we're having more millennials get involved. I mean, get into purchasing these because 
they don't actually have as much of a bad stigma as like the older generations yeah. do. And then also they're more open to change, more open to kind of innovative ideas or different ideas. So we've really been getting a lot of uh, millennial buyers lately because one is the alternative there is renting as well. Um, and then the other is you, there really isn't anything that they could buy out, you know, at least in the Silicon Valley. But I think as time is, uh, as time passes, we're starting to see younger and younger generations get into it because we're also building these homes to be very, we, our Instagram's called sexy mobile homes because we really try to make it sexy and just beautiful as, as modern. Yeah. I want to yeah. go on while we're here. I'm going to look at it. Okay. So like look, we try to make it look as modern as we can. And with that, you know, people are starting to see how beautiful this type of housing can be. Yeah, I love that. I, I checked out your Instagram too and watched some of your stories. And I kind of, I really love what you just said though about the, not only the baby steps, but I think helping people to understand that, that this is an investment too, just because a lot of people don't have enough money to start with investing in the, the conventional way that they're used to seeing, which mm -hmm. is buying a home or, or whatever. So it's like, you can actually still invest. That's a mobile home. Yeah. 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 And still have your money make money. Yeah. So you can invest, buy this as an investment and still, you know, make money with that money. Yeah. And yeah. kind of get in at a lower threshold than the average person, mm -hmm. which is really cool. I mean This is ridiculous. Yeah. So like quick questions. Just want to ask why I'm, yeah. I'm so if you guys you can't see this, but I'm your looks like your this is last year. Um it's really nice. I'm going to watch again. So tell me about where you're at. How tall are the ceilings here? This one is actually a 12 foot. So it's actually a flat roof. So it's okay. 12 foot in the front where you can see the hill view right there. And then you have the stack window over the siding door. And then it's uh, eight and a half feet in the back side. So it's a full so it's flat. So it's a 12 foot ceiling in the front? 12 foot ceiling in the front. It's beautiful. Well, yeah. like, and how and big was a, this one? Uh, this one, 1,500 square foot right here. I mean, this. And you have the waterfall island, you know. So is it, or is it you guys it comes and you put it all together there? Is it how, how does this get built? Like, um, how does it mix, look like this? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a mix of both. Okay. So there's okay. a lot of designing and planning that's done before we start building in this the factory. And yeah, so there's a whole lot of engineering done. Uh, and there's a balcony. To, exactly, yeah, yeah, it's really nice. And this is what we're trying to, you know, it, it takes a lot to, to break that stigma. And we really have to push limits of style of how we build these homes to to gather that attention. So is right. that, is that, so, um, kind of jumping into style cause we love style. Are you, yeah. are you kind of then coming in to help with the style and design or how, who comes up, like who came up with that style design? Is that like the developer or, uh, that was, uh, someone on our team. Um, I partnered that with the park, uh, owner. Yeah. So this is the kitchen here. Yeah. You know, I mean, they, so. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, if you're in here and somebody just woke you up and was in here, you probably would not know you're in a mobile home park. I mean, mobile home. I was no, totally. That. Does it feel like that? Because I, I, I used to get teased as a kid because I lived in a trailer or a mobile home, and Where none of my this? other friends did. Oklahoma. Oh, okay. So I lived in Oklahoma, um, and 
none of my friends actually, even though you would think maybe people in Oklahoma would uh-huh. live in mobile homes. Uh-huh. I was the only kid. Yeah. So my friends used to tease me like, whoa, I feel like I'm floating. Like they would tease <laughs> me. That was like a joke. Yeah. You know? I mean, you guys um, have like- Does it feel like that in these or they feel like Absolutely super not. Solid? No, they're solid. I mean, these, keeping like the way as construction progresses and changes, there's so much more regulation and so many different inspections that are required in every city and at every stage of the construction process you cannot rock the uh, the home in itself uh, but these are very heavy homes and are set on a very solid foundation then tied to the ground very tightly as well okay. so you definitely um, but there are still like a bunch of older ones where you can kind of that aren't built to that quality um, that we help with too but you this know I don't want to down down talk the the older homes but with the newer ones are so much more sturdy. well it's it's like anything like too exactly it's exactly. like yeah you know like what is get, that new people one people get KB homes and I feel like the quality of KB homes sometimes aren't that great yeah. right you know but but it's you know the I, one we were looking at how much is that one probably 1500 that one's all styled out this is a bad example of what we're talking about that was built in agora hills and that went for 1.1 mil yeah (laughs) no so so i wanted to say this because i you probably know this so but 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 for context wise in san jose that would be about 500k in san diego probably around 470 and why is it so much in there it's kind of like location it's like agora hills right yeah i I grew up in west lake thousand there you go yeah yeah, okay so like the same single family home can be in oklahoma for three hundred thousand or so uh and then you know in california it'll be 1.5 million okay so ready what is it in malibu the the one in Malibu? because i drove by i remember like the most expensive mobile home park in the world isn't that it like there's there's like north of like one point I, I don't know exactly, but I think I've seen a 1.7, 1.8. Yeah. yeah like, no, they're exactly. right. It's right there. I do. Yeah. I'm like, that's like the, this it's is insane. like, it's always but that's actually pretty cool. Cause people who really want to live by the beach, but they can't yeah. afford to pay 10 million for a house. They're exactly. Like, All right, I'll go get a Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Same concept, different area, right? Yeah. Different numbers. Right. Yeah. But the same for like San Jose or, you know, they want, they want to be able to own there, but they can't exactly buy a million dollar home or like a $2 million home. I can so. definitely see the difference because I do remember being younger when my parents bought that mobile home and it was really expensive for them. And mm-hmm. I think it was like, it was like just under $40,000. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. That's like the difference. Cause I, I'm sure if you went to like Kansas or Missouri or like some of these middle America places, uh-huh. Uh-huh. it's probably way cheaper just yeah. because like, you they might not care about design house. too. Yeah. Like they might mm-hmm. not care about design. They're like, ah, just give me the older plain one. Yeah. It's more exactly. basic. And you know, people like, that's what you're doing is, is you're trying to say, look, you can have, it's cool. It can be modern, hip, cool, exactly. trendy. Like, yeah. get rid of the stigma. Of the only way to people re- renovating these things, right? I've heard the, of people doing that. There are, yes, yeah. yes. There, you know, and and I feel like for us is like we're always fighting that stigma, and the only way for us to fight it is through video and 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 like TikToks and that sort of thing. Because people aren't, like like I said earlier, people aren't going to go out there. They're always going to have their stigmas until they actually see it, you know, through video. And that's why we built out our YouTube channel, and then we also educate people the benefits of it um but yeah i just urge people to really just take the time to to erase this the myths that they have about it and just take a look at kind of how these look because also they have warranties they have you know these these companies won't warrant their builds if it wasn't of high quality either you know so but you know we need more affordable housing options. Oh, and, and, I, I, this is and, great. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's like we can do that same thing in 
other metro areas and, and at different scales as well too. Yeah, one of the things I wanted to ask you kind of wrapping up is I was reading about your stuff and I think what the big the big pull for you is is you know, it's not it's a, there's affordable housing and all this but it's really like it's I think what your goal here is take somebody that's like the chances of them ever buying a home or a condo is just maybe never going to happen. Yeah. But you're like and we all know here we, we're talking if you just stayed renting your whole life when you pass away, there's no equity, there's nothing for the kids, there's nothing, right? Exactly. And so what you're trying to say is the person that's stuck renting is almost like at a poverty level because they can't, you know, we go through inflation here and everybody's learned, what is inflation? Well, if you didn't know, now you know, right? Mm -hmm. But inflation, the people that are winning have assets. Yeah. If you didn't have assets, you're getting hammered. Exactly. Because your your milk, your everything's going up, but if you didn't have anything else that went up with it, you know, you're getting him. Exactly. Yeah. So what you're saying is you could take a person that would not be able to buy a house in one of these areas, San Diego, San Jose, Agora, wherever. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and they have a chance to get out. And if they stay, maybe they stay in that, that mobile home for 20, 30 years, but they're going to have equity mm -hmm. and it, whether it's a hundred grand, 200 grand, 300 grand, it's something they could leave or it's something they have. If they stay renting, they'll have nothing. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily nothing, but just when we're talking about property on your property. No assets. Exactly. Yeah. And that's one of your things is like you're you are seeing people move out of that if we call poverty level to yeah. come into this and they, yeah. they, they they in a nice beautiful place, they can gain equity. It's yeah. like huge. And and with what you just said is like the thing is is that we um we at this level kind of understand that now, but when I was in that phase, nobody ever taught me the importance of ownership and what inflation was and and how do we project where we're gonna be five years. I was never taught that. My parents never really understood that either. Um, and we need to teach more people to, to, to look out for that and, and plan for the future instead of just paying uh, for the now, right? Well, it's kind of interesting because you, you have that first step of just like, you don't know what you don't know. Like you literally have no clue that you need to have assets. But then when you find out about that people have assets and like, this is a thing, this is how people get wealthy or build wealth or whatever, then you're like, oh, that's just for rich people. Like mm -hmm. I can't do that. And then so then there's like that next hurdle of being like, no, 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 like you have options too. Like yeah. you can be one of those people. You just have to take the steps to start building it if, you, mm -hmm. if that's what you really want. Yeah. So it's like, I, I feel like too, a lot of people feel like it's just too hard and then they go, oh, that's not for me. That's just rich people. Yeah. You know, so getting them over that hump to go like, oh, wow, I could actually buy this as an investment mm -hmm. and build equity and make money. And I can do that, too. It's not just wealthy people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can, you know, and, and that's what we have. It's just what's attainable to you at that moment. Right. Mm -hmm. And what's believable, because unfortunately for a lot of people, that dream of home ownership is disappearing. It's gone. Like you just said, it's like that's really only for returning it to well, rent, renters nation built to, to rent. To yeah. That. yeah. That's the big conversation now. Right. Exactly. So and then um, how do you so though I was going to piggyback on that. How do you so how are you finding and educating these people like, you know, that because like you said, mm -hmm. is where when you came um, you come to this country and you're just working, working, working. And you're like, you're not learning. You're not around. If you're not around the right people, like mm -hmm. you're just, just trying to make it, trying to survive. Yeah. And so you're not, I mean, now it's great cause we have YouTube and podcasts and all this stuff, but how mm -hmm. are you educating? I, I mean, we do a bit of speaking gigs for like, uh, some government stuff and oh, cool. schools as well. Um, but realistically, I think our big focus is really educating people on the YouTube and podcasts and just building awareness about it. You know, for me, it's just, if they're able to see that this can help get them ahead, that's, you know, that would 
would mean the world for me because I, I remember how it was being in those shoes. And if I would have known to be able to purchase a mobile home back then, I know that I would have been able to get ahead faster and a little bit easier. Right. Um, but yeah, I, it's, it's a, your question. It, it's still a puzzle. I, I want to try to broadcast it to as many people as I can. Um, just to just to share the knowledge about it, but I I, I think video is the first step. Cool. Yeah. Where's um, the best place people can find you? Learn more about this. Um, you know, maybe check out your videos where you guys have stuff going on. And yeah, a lot. All our links are on uh, www.franco.tv. Um, that also has like our food stuff too, but, uh, but that shows all our mobile home stuff or sexy mobile homes. You can really <laughs> see the videos that, of that. all that. And yeah, I mean, you can find us on YouTube for that too. Awesome. Cool. Well, I mean, it's, it's honestly, it's really cool what you're doing. I, I can't agree with you that we're definitely in like a place like California. It's, it's tough to build here. It's tough to get regulations. We're not building enough, um, affordable housing. And so any, I mean, anything anybody can do to help that. I mean, obviously you're finding a way that, Hey, we can make it sexy mm -hmm. and we can help people out. Exactly. So, you know, go follow you, go, go have a follow, go learn more. And, uh, we really appreciate you coming in today. Yeah. Really appreciate you guys too. And what you guys are doing. So Thank cool. You. Awesome. Thanks.